Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is October 1st. Andy, how we doing? How about that? New month. <laughs> Recording on the 1st. What a delightful experience. It's uh, oh, is just... it delightful? You're flipping the calendar on your best month of the year, allegedly. You, every day, every minute we've walking around Chicago last week, you're like, you see this? this is, you feel this? This is the best month of the year. As if it's some keen insight that no one else has available to them. So are you happy that you flipped out of the best month of the year? You What overrides it? Or just happy to be recorded on the first of the month? Well, I'd say that the beginning of October is really nice here. I, I Especially, wow. it's gotten nicer over time. Um, but I will say that um, I just feel like when we record on the first of the month, good things happen that month. And uh, I just, it's a general air of positivity getting oh. things started off right with a with a podcast on the first of the month it's just i think that it just it's like when the moons align right you know all the good stuff happens that's that what true? happens when we record a shotgun start on the first of the month i don't know i'm, I'm not There's apparently yeah. some stuff with the lunar you moons. know alignment okay. or whatever it is i don't i hey, don't know good stuff that's happened to close out september the scott pelly shirts are hot running hot off the presses cleaning out the shop fantastic all we have to do is Drop it to single digits and prices, and man, they just moved and start chatting about them. That was a fun little Twitter experiment. Anyway, anyways, um, only a couple smalls left, right? One or two smalls, just a couple. I, I understand why they aren't selling because you've, you know, you've insulted the entire population of people that would buy a small T-shirt. Oh come on, get out of here. Anyways, this podcast, this episode is brought to you by the Scott Pelly T-shirt. This just under, <laughs> you know, it's underwriting this two, entire... Two left, two $9 t-shirts left. Well, the sales from yesterday enabled us to turn the bikes on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's just a, a made-up sponsor. All right, let's get to it. Friday episode. We're going to have guest Will Bardwell from uh, down in the the uh, the center of the eye of the uh, Sanderson Chicken Championship, Peacock Classic, whatever you call it. He will discuss... A little bit of that, the fall series. There's this debate on FedEx Cup points being taken away from these events. Uh, we'll get into all that. But first, we got a flashback Friday as well. Let's check in on where we are, the 18-hole updates. It's been a while. Why are the we doing this? 18, it's, not even, it's not even done. The 18 holes isn't even done, is it? No. Adriar Naus and Tyrrell and Houghton Lee and Nicholas Colsertz went low over... Yeah, he's right back on the horse. Couldn't hit the broad he's, side of a, you know, he was a building. Terrible much. last week. He went eight under. I don't know which one he played. The home of golf, Carnoustie, Kings Bars. I'm not sure, but yeah, he's he went eight under, tied for tied for the lead. So um, that is what's happening over at Coffee Golf Land. The of course LPGA does not start until Friday, and uh, on the PGA Tour, we have Sahith. Tagala, eight under, 64 
at Jackson CC, the rookie. This is when you got to put your foot in the ground, make some move. It's a heat Tagala. We've seen this happen before. Who was it that went crazy low here? Was it? I mean, I know Cameron Champ won it. Peter Malnati? <laughs> no. <laughs> there was another rookie that went bonkers here. I can't remember. It wouldn't have been. Cody Gribble? Which one did he no, win? No, they didn't end up winning it, but I can't remember who it was. Um, anyways, That's a good description. They went Tagala. bonkers low at this golf course. Well, that could be a number of people, but he didn't win. It was a really the, a really great description. Who's the kid from Winston Salem? His name escapes me. The the kid that didn't go to college. He was like the AJGA player. Oh, uh, Akshay. Akshay. Maybe him, but I'm not sure. Anyways, this is not a very enlightening discussion. It could have been him. Um, the Heath right. Gala. Who would have known? Number one ranked amateur in the world had to just hang down in purgatory for a couple couple years and uh who would have thought he was going to be ready to go on the PGA tour Brad like, French wouldn't let him in probably yeah. would say the hell with this guy you know some members of the organization he shouldn't be in there yet what a surprise that this guy came up and impressed you know it's just uh it's astonishing really any prognosticator that uh that tipped him off is, you know, yeah. he's a genius because rookies usually struggle on the PGA Tour. Not this kid. Um, I can't believe there's a PGA Tour event this week. We'll talk to Will. I guess we shouldn't attack attack it before we have Will on. Pat and Gazire, it's Mr. October. His calendar's flipping. Here he is, 567. It's his time to shine. Uh, Andy Ogletree, who's back after significant i think it was hip injury he's got shot a five under a lot lot of low scores going on at, at jackson mississippi where people Kurt still have Yama, mr euro tour is off to a good start too not off to a good start as baby walrus kevin stadler's three <laughs> over through two holes so this is the hey. two hole update and apparently this is his last start someone messaged to clarify wow. this is his last start on the the medical i guess so not a good first two holes. Kelly Craft keeps keeps his card. You know, Kelly, us Kelly Craft fans thought this is turning over a new page. Maybe he got he's seventy six. You know, right out of the box. <laughs> All right, let's get to news. Not a lot to talk about. Uh, it's early still here on Thursday as we record. Believe it or not, it's still September here in recording land. But uh, the big news of the day is. Well, A, Bryson's still alive. I don't think that's big news. He's still alive as of its recording, round of 32 with a long drive. But the bigger news... Oh, How do they wait, play? Do they play off? Is it round of 32? Does he have like a head-to-head matchup with somebody? I don't... No, I think they just go... You got to get out of your heat. I think like top eight... I, I, I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I'm not steeped in the history and you, regulations of the world. You've played in a long drive pro-am. I mean, I if I'm it. not talking to the right guy, who am I talking to then? <laughs> That's you a just good were, point. You just were puffing your chest out about how you oh, went I to Long Drive. My com- I said it was an experience in, in my life that I landed in Thackerville, Oklahoma at <laughs> one point in my life at the Windstar World Resort and Casino or something. It's the biggest casino in the world they claimed by like square footage or I don't know, or slots. It was some ridiculous metric. Um Oh, I forgot to mention one thing about the Dunhill. You know who the Baton Boy's playing with as his pro-am? His dad. Who also goes by Billy. Billy Sr. and Billy Jr. Not William, not Bill, not Willie. Not Will. Bo- both are Billies. Billy Sr. and Billy Jr. He's got this long goatee. Someone messaged us saying, 
They were watching him this morning, and he like Billy Senior missed a two footer and started like screaming at him. So I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> like, he's really you could tell the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to sort of well, self agitation and outward sort of expressions of angst. I think we saw that also with the Roms last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, we saw yeah. Papa Ram had that that fire that uh, you know just shouting expletive, expletives <laughs> around all the kids and women and children of the of the Ryder Cup. Yeah, absolutely. All right, news. Like we said, the big news of the day is uh, Bones is leaving the NBC Golf Channel. Uh, broadcasting operation. He's going to become the full-time caddy of Justin Thomas. They dabbled with each other. I don't know. Had a dalliance or two. Had a fling while Jimmy Johnson was uh, injured, sick. And now J- uh, JT is taking Bones on full-time. This is confirmed news. Uh, primarily for me, it's like I lament losing Bones on the broadcast. That's not any great insight. He's good there. He has been a fresh sort of voice, often kind of mixes a little bit of levity, a little bit of humor, a little bit of like very, very professional voice. He's like a guy who was just there, whereas some of these players, some of these past players haven't been on tour in like 20 years, 30 years and tend to be a little too, I don't know, positive. Everything's great. Everything's good. You know, we watched we were able to get BBC Radio and Sky last week. It was pretty pretty refreshing to hear like oh what a horrible putt and things like that uh but bones i felt like he, he was he, he was an expert he provided real insight so i lament losing him there i don't know what it means necessarily for jt oh one thing i forgot to talk about in the recap show about sky and bbc not to change the subject i'll come Go back to, to thirst bucket uh thomas real quick in a second but um bbc loved loved the U.S. Uh, uniforms. Did I talk about this? No, I don't think you did. You talked about it to me, I believe. You were laughing, on, giggling on, on Sunday, the fairway. On Sunday, me. BBC Radio was having a field day with the fact that the sweaters had the players' last names on it. Yeah. And they, I mean, they were just kept going on and on. They're like, oh, he took off the sweater. We're not sure if we'll be able to recognize him. They're like, and then they were like, oh, we hope Bryson, we hope the weather. Ticks down a couple degrees because we won't be able to recognize who Bryson DeChambeau is without his <laughs> nameplate on the back of his sweater. <laughs> I think they Please were calling rinse. him jumpers too. <laughs> you were laughing. You were greatly enjoying that. Oh, I was yeah. walking down the fairway, listening. It was just del- yeah. delightful. It was. Yeah. Uh, we need more yeah. British radio and, and video broadcast coverage over here. Um, I'd also noticed some of the like. PGA executives and dignitaries had sweaters with their names on the back. Like anyone gives huh. a shit <laughs> or knows, like cares. I mean, like, come on, get these guys out of here. <laughs> like the manager wearing a uniform, like get them out of here. So, um, all right, but anyways. back all right, to this, Justin. back to, yeah. back to Justin Thomas. Here's a question. Is this deep down a pip play? Oh, come on. Why? Because he's getting the most famous caddy or one of the most famous caddies in the game? Think about the Meltwater mentions. You get more like caddy player combos. Like the cameras generally tend to go to their own. They're, you know, they, they want to hear the that. Announcer, that the announcers viral. are going to check in with their old friend Bones more often. 
So you think there's thirst bucket thirst bucket implications here? Angles? I do. I, I do. I do think Come that on. this is there's there's beyond any, uh, you know there could be some pip ramifications whether whether intentional or unintentional. This could be an un, unintended consequence here in a good way. Is that still an unintended consequence if it's a positive thing? I think that's one of those things like consequence. It doesn't necessarily always mean bad thing. Unintended right? benefit. You're saying cons- Yeah, consequence can be. Yeah, positive it can be or positive, negative. Good. It can be neutral. I believe it's just yeah. yeah something so this that is an unintended consequence of uh, of hiring bones, or or is it an intended consequence? Is it an angle? Is it a thirsty? Another way to lap it up. Thirst, 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 <laughs> thirst. Um, yeah, I don't know what it means for his golf. He wasn't very good this year. He wasn't JT level very good, right? I mean, it was a very tumultuous year. Some the of the putter was a Some... real problem. He wasn't okay. good. I mean, he went bonkers on Westy at the uh, at at the players and and others. But aside from that, it wasn't a strong year by JT standards. Does that matter? I don't know. Who can say? Who can say how many shots a caddy can subtract from from a talent like JT? But uh, hey, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, I think retiring. Uh, yeah, good for him. Like great, yeah. great long career. Um, you know, caddying's not the easiest job physically. It's a, yep. it's something you put a lot of miles, a lot of heavy bags and not always the nicest accommodations on your way up. Obviously Jimmy's been living a good life lately, but it's, uh, it's not an easy job and, uh, and, and congrats to him on a, on a great career. Yep. Just got inducted in the caddy hall of fame. I noticed that during the Western open, or I should say the BMW championship, they had it posted there, the WGA caddy hall of fame. Did you make it in there? Are you in that by chance from your no. days caddying in the. Not yet. Chicago Linder. All right. Still okay. waiting. Maybe. All right. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe I'll That's go it. back to Caddy. That's it for news. Let's get to uh, Will Bardwell, the Line 4, the newsletter, Line 4, the website. Also a an attorney. Podcast. In the, the podcast. Attorney in the Jackson, Mississippi. So and, and probably the world's, maybe, foremost Sanderson enthusiast. Uh, so he'll join us. Then we'll also do a flashback Friday. I got a really good one to pop you with. He'll join us for that as well. All right. We are now graced by the presence of Will Bardwell. He is the proprietor, owner, writer, blogger at Line4, Line4.com. He's on Twitter at Will Bardwell. He is in Mississippi. He is a Sanderson Farms championship enthusiast. And he is joining us now to uh, talk about that, uh, I don't know, historic, prominent event on the fall schedule. Will, thank you for joining us. Brendan! Oh, God. (laughs) I've always wanted to do that. I'm sorry. Will, Um, Will, how are things? Yeah, how are you? I saw on your Instagram story you had some big uh, merchandise goals this week. Have you accomplished them yet? Um, I have pulled the hoodies out of the box and counted them. I think I've got the... Store on my website almost ready to go. Um, I would I would say I'm like 64 percent of the way there. What about your Sanderson merchandise goals? Well, my Sanderson merchandise goals are at zero because I haven't been out to the tournament yet. But I'm going to rectify that um, tomorrow morning. By the way, Porath, um, yeah, tell me what you want because I'm going to pick you up something. But I know they. Like, <sighs> 
It sent you a, a pullover or something a few years. I don't want to get you something you already have. I I've sent got Andy a bucket Sanderson. hat from Memphis. So I, 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 I'm going to get you something then. And if you I've have one it, already, I, it's on you. I probably have more Sanderson merchandise than 99.9% of the world already. I don't know if I need one. I've got a hat. Maybe, maybe I'll tell Yeah, it's the best logo. It's the best logo in regular PGA Tour calendar. As it's just the, the silhouette of the peacock there. Um, I'm gonna so you're going to find obscure then. You're going to yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I'll be there on Friday. Are you in and, the media okay. center? Are you official working media? Uh, line four is credentialed. Wow. Um, however, however, um, I learned that uh, they don't have media centers or media stations set up for uh, most of the folks there just because of COVID restrictions. The media center yeah. at the country club is really, really small. So I can imagine. It's, it's good. They they don't need 40 people in this room. So Sorry. line four will be outdoors, which is okay. Fun. What do you plan to cover? Where, where are we? What is, what is, is there anything specific or unique to the 2021 edition of the Sanderson that excites you? You know, I, I like to just show up at these things and kind of figure it out. Once I get there, uh, I, I've always kind of felt like that's a little less arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause if you know, you go in and you kind of have an idea of what you want to write about, there's a tendency, even if subconscious to just kind of sure. start looking for things that fit that narrative you've, you've already come up with. So I kind of like to just get there and figure it out. But the thing that I've, came back to the most over the put the past 24 hours is like what is the future of this event which is a funny question to feel like i'm asking myself because i felt like i was asking myself that question three years ago when the purse for this event got really really elevated and you, you know they really started making a hard pitch for top 50 players to start coming and, and those players did start coming um i kind of wondered at the time is this event going to lose um the parts of itself that we like the most about it and i i don't think that it has i think they've nailed the balance that they were going for the what problem parts now are those? is yeah what parts well, are those inform inform so, the uh the person that calls the peak the peacock cl- classic uh of the finer point points of the sanderson that i'm missing out on. well the, the sanderson is a golf fans golf tournament i mean your average you know, layman, casual golf fan is probably not going to be interested in the Sanderson. But if you like to see, you know, the hot new rookie class, if you take joy in uh, following around an old veteran who's trying to catch lightning in a bottle one more time in his mid-40s, then this was always the tournament for you to come check out. Because not only are you going to see those guys, you're going to see them in a really intimate venue where – you might be, I mean, I followed Norman Zhang around one year for, you know, an hour or two. I was literally the only person walking with him. And, you know, you, you can't get that kind of access at most other PGA Tour stops. So you throw in the fact that now they've maintained that balance and they're attracting players that those casual golf fans do recognize. You know, your Sergio Garcia's, uh, your Zach Johnson's. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a really fun time. The tournament has kind of come into its own. I thought it's you were going to go Matthew Johnson. Wolf and you go Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson. God. I thought about going Sam Burns, but I, I don't think like Sam Burns is the highest ranked player in the field this week, but I, 
my guess is your average golf fan who maybe watches the Masters in the U.S. Open and nothing else every year, they probably still don't know who Sam Burns is. Um, but you know, he's he's there for folks who do. In fact, I think he he is one of seven top fifty players in the field, which I'm pretty sure is the highest number that this event has ever drawn. The Dunhill has five this week, so he's mm. you know it's a top heavier field. Look at this Dunhill. guy bringing stats into what the conversation. What would you say is better, Country Club of Jackson or the Old Course? What's the better venue? C- in your, designed in your by C.B. McDonald, Country Club of Jackson. Which oh, which St. Andrews? <laughs> Which St. Andrews course are we talking about? Is this the Torrance course? <laughs> that might be a toss-up. The castle. You could put uh, the castle course in the conversation. What? What is? What about the, the castle? What is the venue like? What is that? What is it all about? Is it the main club in town, presumably, or no? Uh, the best I club in town. I think that's fair to say. Um, it is in the city limits, which is you know uncommon. You know, most of the other. I think maybe it's the only private golf club. Oh, yeah. They're in, in office the parks in Memphis and, you know, it's new suburban, you know, McMansions in Columbus. I don't know if I like would call that. Memphis a suburb of Jackson, but uh, but the point remains that it's the only private golf club in Jackson. Um, it's a it's a good course. I think it's probably a, a better PGA Tour course than it is sort of like a golf course aficionados golf course. The tee shots are not, terribly imposing but the closer you get to the greens the trickier the golf course gets um okay it's a course where you know you you don't have to bomb it off the tee to contend um so i i I think it's a fun place to watch so where are we now with the sanderson you talked about the purse increase i think there's a lot of we're gonna we want to make this a big picture discussion on the fall series and the fedex cup events but like where is it right now in 2021? Is it stronger than it's been? Is it weaker than it's been? Does it feel like it's on the ropes? Um, like, where, where is it in terms of its prominence, certainly in the state? And, and where is it in the, where do you feel like it is in its own history, tournament history? You know, it, it's, I guess you would describe it as sort of like, I'm trying to think of a better comp, but maybe like in these, Marvel superhero movies where at the beginning of, I tell you the best comp is the dark Knight. at the beginning of the movie, everybody is getting along. You know, Batman is at the height of his powers, the height of his popularity. And by the end of the movie, every bad thing that could possibly have happened to Batman has happened. Um, I think we may be at one of those moments. And what I mean by that is that this event's history has been a history of struggle. Like it has always had headwinds in one form or another. If it wasn't rained out, then it was like tr- desperately trying to find a title sponsor. Um, it was always been something, and so to now be, you know, to have a massive purse, uh, security in the PGA Tour schedule, attracting top fifty players, um, it, it's an unprecedented moment for this tournament's history. It's absolutely at the height of its existence. The big headwind coming up though, um, the you know arrival of the Joker, uh, if you will, to continue the Batman analogy is this possibility that the fall schedule might be getting dealt a raw deal pretty soon, which of course is, you know, it's still just a rumor. Nobody really knows what that's going to look like, but it's not looking good. And, and Sanderson, Got bought. 
that is, I mean, this assuming that this rumor is true that the PGA Tour wants to stop awarding FedEx Cup points at fall events, it's going to be bad for every event on the schedule. But Andy, you're right. But like, imagine if you're a tournament director. Uh, and you have to go out and try to find a new title sponsor, um, and your tournament is suddenly now a lot less attractive to those top 50 OWGR players who uh, were showing up a few years ago. You know, that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah, let's talk now, about I don't that. Know that. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to lose the title sponsor, but anytime your title sponsor gets acquired by another company, um, that you've, you've got to be a little bit nervous. Let's talk about this. This is a rumor. It seems like the strategic alliance, the fall is going to look different. Both both sides of the pond, there's something happening. They, they don't know if they're going to take keep these events, but they just won't be FedEx Cup events. I can't see that happening. Like the CJ Cup, where this this, this massive purse, maybe that's how they attract players. But it, I think it would leave like the Shriners, the Sanderson, Napa, sort of high and dry. Um, and, and like, is this a case of like, we didn't know what we had in our beloved little courier cup points until they were gone type, type thing. Like once they're gone, like what is it? What is the, what, why have the event? I mean, it seems like a death blow. Andy, what do you make of this rumor? I, where do you go from? This? Well, I think it's what something we've, we talk about a lot. Like where's the off season. Right. And I think there are players that sure. are asking where are the off season, especially after the super season where, you know, it, it went on forever. And I think that's, uh, a real, you know, contributing factor to this. There's no off season, so it's like, how do we make it an off season? Well, we make the FedEx Cup smaller. And I was thinking about this today. Is wouldn't it make sense if the FedEx Cup was like twelve events instead of fifty? You know, it, then, well, then what sudden, are you playing for in the ones that don't have? It? Oh, Just is the purse. is pay, playing for seven million dollars like lost on people <laughs> like? Can we can we not? Right, but I just uh, sure. don't know if those purses stay at that level. But that's right? I think if that's where like... you, you keep trying to keep the purses at that level. You make the you know this PGL thing, whether it ever happens or not, I think it's it's opened players' eyes to this this situ system is gonna need some reform because we're worth more money on the open market. The big players are saying we're worth more money on the open market. Whether or not it ever happens, it's a huge leverage thing, right? Um, and I think right. this is the ram of like, why are we giving up FedEx cup? But why do I get the same amount of FedEx cup points for winning the Sanderson as I get for winning Riviera where t nine of the top 10 players are in the field? That doesn't make much sense. Right. Um, so I think there's just, this is kind of day of reckoning for the fall events, whether they deserve it or not. Like I, you know, the fine folks in Mississippi, will you're, yourself included you don't necessarily deserve this but like at the same time like the system seems unsustainable and i think that's that's the the kind of point of it and i think what might be cool is if the fedex cup like what would be the best situation is if the fedex cup events rotated every year within the calendar maybe there's a few staple events but then they rotate every year and that's how you get your FedEx events. I don't hate that idea, but that is never going to happen. Well, I'm just throwing out like, ideas. They're never going to. Yeah, no. Oh, I, I think I that's a make that. everybody just... happy idea. We have we have a 20 event FedEx Cup, and we rotate which 20 events are every year. And those 20 events, every big player is going to show up 
and that you know those three years the the you know you're in there once every three years or something would be an amazing every, yeah. amazing way to do go about this but this is the PGA tour we're talking about and that's not going to happen what would happen well what do you think would happen if they took the FedEx Cup points from the Sanderson I mean is that just I like mean, a yeah I mean I I think it's going to be a problem for all the fall events but you could certainly understand why somebody would go to Napa to spend a week and play golf, even if uh, there are no FedEx Cup points up for grabs. Um, I just know that this event's recent history changed when it became a quote-unquote real PGA Tour event. Non-opposite you know, with, field. Yes, full field with its own spot on the calendar, uh, a purse comparable to other, again, quote-unquote real PGA Tour events. Um, that is when people started showing up and caring about the tournament. And I have a hard time believing that folk, you know, I love, I live in Jackson, Mississippi. I love Jackson, Mississippi. I have a hard time believing that uh, the Sergio Garcia's of the PGA tour are going to be interested in coming to spend a week in Jackson. If it's not doing anything for their job security. I think Sam Burns might still show up. It's close to Louisiana. Ironically, it, you know, it, it kind of takes you back to what the, the Sanderson was 15, 20 years ago, where it, was, it wasn't just that you also had these rookies and old timers that you could go watch for fun. That, that really, I think that might be what you were left with, would be you know, corn fairy guys who need to make a paycheck and, you know, the 45-year-olds who are kind of killing time until they get on the senior tour. What's interesting to think about is if they take FedEx Cup points away from the fall series, how, as a rookie, do you possibly keep your card? Yeah, they'd have to change that. They'd have to change how they yes. how they qualify for cards off of the points, so, right? You and know, they have to what we're talking about that? is potential complete FedEx point and cup reform. Could be... No board net championship if they go down this road. Or the fall events are just screwed. Or, or like there's no reform and the fall events just got to figure it out and fi- try to get guys for whatever purse money they can come up with. I, I just don't right. know how they, you like how you could say to a rookie, you know, you've got these 30 events to qualify for your, to keep your card, but you can't get, you can only get into 10 of them. That's not. A, that just doesn't seem like a feasible situation. It's definitely not equitable, but I don't think that the pack is going to care about a system that's already unfair to young players becoming more unfair. I, I I think that would sound attractive to those guys. That's right. The unions, the people who <laughs> people who vote on this, the people who wield power for that. Um, what's your favorite Sanderson moment in the history of this tournament or your history with the tournament? You know, I, the moment I think about when I think about the Sanderson, this is not the sort of thing that would ever show up in a highlight reel. Um, but a few years ago, it was the year Cameron champ won. Um, I was following him around and there was an atypically large gallery following him. And I just remember watching him, 
whatever hole it was, it was on the front nine, it may have been three or four, just absolutely nuke one down the center of the fairway. And you, you couldn't keep up with the ball off the tee. His club head speed was just like, nobody had ever seen anything like it. And then to get down, when the players got down to their balls, he was 70 yards in front of everybody else and had like a, an eight iron into a par five, something like that. And it, it was just, it was such an eye opening. It was super impressive, of course, but also like to just see this golf tournament, absolute, this golf course just brought to its knees by this guy that everybody knew was only going to be the first, you know, he wasn't going to be the only guy on tour five years later who could hit the ball like that. Um, it was just such an eye opening moment for me. And when I think about, uh, the, the Sanderson, especially the, the years here at CC of Jackson, that's what I think about is camp champ, just absolutely demolishing it. Hey, Mississippi plays Alabama. I see your Ole Miss shirt. Ole Miss plays Alabama Saturday. Mississippi State, I think, plays Texas A&M. Like, realistically, how many people down there are going to be there on Saturday at the golf tournament or know that it's going on or watching it? I think Saturday would be a good day to come out. Put it like that. Um, you get up close. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I think Sunday could get a little crowded. Saturday, Saturday might not be that bad to be out there. Hey, I've got a question. Okay. It, you know, diving through the the past champions, the past events at uh, at uh, on Wikipedia at the Sanderson. Which uh, which year would you like to go back to if you see one that you never saw? I've I've got one in mind. I don't know if you've the got Viking like a classic. <laughs> I miss I miss the Viking classic or the Southern Farm Bureau I'll t- classic. I'll tell you There's what. Some... Looking at it, here's the one I you would go miss. First. I'm going to look. I at would this. miss. I, oh my god! I really wish I I, I saw know where you're going. the duel in 1996 where Willie Wood topped the Bucket Hat Boy Kirk Triplett by one shot. <laughs> I think that would have been a thrilling, thrilling finish there. There's a lot of great ones to choose from. Oh wait, Will McKenzie in the playoff beats the boo stopper Brian Gay and Mark Ternisa. What could have happened in that playoff? What a clash of titans. Three three man playoff. I like that the John is. Houston so. in two thousand three. Oh, oh I read an oh, Alan Shipnick article Pappas. about that. He's got he, it was like the same thing we talk about now. Shipnuck was like the PGA tour season is too long. This season was so boring. Of course John Houston won it. Everybody else is playing the American Express, whatever, WGC. It's like the same conversations we're having 20 years later. So, What about uh, 1985? Jim Gallagher Jr. beating Paul Azinger. I saw in that playoff. one. Future, future colleagues uh, cons- scrapping for $27,000 or whatever the $27,500 the, the winner took. That's that pressure. That, that's that's pressure. pressure. <laughs> that playoff pressure. I'll tell you what, you, Jim, you yeah. don't know pressure until you're in the playoff for the Magnolia Classic for $27,000. <laughs> $500. That's pressure. That's so much pressure you can't even eat a ham sandwich. <laughs> that could have been said at one point or another. Um, all right. Anything else on, on the Sanderson or the fall schedule? I mean, I, I really think we're at a crossroads here of like, look, I, I want two things to exist of like, I love the Sanderson. I've, I've you know, about, I've said that many times. 
but like the season's too long. Like, how do we balance those things? I want these community events, like a place at Jackson, even a place like Napa. They should have PGA Tour events. Everything can't be in, you know, New well, Memphis, New York, nothing, wherever. Nothing is in those cities. They only have here's, community here's a, events. They don't have events in the big cities. Here's, yeah. here's the problem here. This is not a way to shorten the season. Because if the fall events suddenly become less attractive to top players, they're not going to take those three or four months off. They're going to go play in Europe. Like this is all about elevating the fall events on the European tour Ooh. and you know, and make through this strategic alliance opening up the possibility or or incentivizing players to go over there and play those European tour events. That's all this is. So they are they're throwing the fall series under the bus in order to there use the go. European tour Here to fire against the South. Some spicy takes. Come on. This is All what right, we needed. I like that. You know, they're, Should they're we putting, start World War III They're putting with the city of Jackson, of Jackson, Mississippi under the bus. Yes. Yes. And our, our friends in Napa, California. What if, what if the Saudis in turn purchase the, the, the Sanderson and, and run it congruently? <laughs> Actually, I, I did have a thought this morning. Like, what if, the PGL swooped in and incorporated the PGA Tours fall events as PGL events, but that would—that's probably not the glamour that they're shooting for with their worldwide series of events. You know, come to it's Jackson, too Mississippi, far, too far away from week. Saudi Arabia for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's a direct flight from uh, Jackson International Airport to Riyadh. Is it an international airport? Is it- it's an that's not it a alarm named, bells for me. Too. It is named Jackson International. Mexico, Airport, but Caribbean. Where does it go? International. Man, I don't know. Um, Miami is kind of a foreign country. You might be able to get a direct flight to Miami. <laughs> it's got to go to Mexico. That's what it's got to be, right? The or Caribbean or something like that. Cancun. We'll have Probably to like Cancun. We'll have to get a, it goes. It goes about eight places. You get a direct okay. flight to about eight Char- places, and I Charlotte, think any Houston. Of them Atlanta. I knew as soon as he said Jackson International, we were pouncing. Both of us were pouncing all over that. We had to talk more about that at the airport. All right, um, Will. Thank you for joining us. You're gonna you're gonna hang out with us for uh, for Flashback Friday. Is that all right? You can interject with any odd comments. I would love that. I'm gonna go pour another uh, cup of Bixby and uh, stick around. How many many cups of Bixby do you drink a day? I, I drink a lot of Bixby. I'm not kidding. Uh, I drink a cup in the morning. I usually have a cold brew early afternoon, and then I'll I'll typically put another pot on. You're on the cold the brew train. So, you haven't given it up yet. No, I, it, well, it's 85 degrees outside, Andy. I mean, you can't, you can't drink the hot stuff all day. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I, I think we'll have someone from Europe, too. Like, I think this is like it being Q4. I think this schedule is like, the future of this schedule, the future of Alliance is the hot topic at this time of year. I think we'll have somebody on from Europe to discuss their perspective. So we're not, you know, this jingoistic Jacksonite, you know, the hell with the strategic alliance. No, but I, I do I do have empathy, sympathy. I'm obviously a Sanderson supporter, but we're certainly going to be t- talking more about the future. I think of we should move it to August. Whatever this Q4 schedule. That's what they like to, you know, move it to August. Mississippi. Yeah, that we can have Memphis. Mississippi in August. Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, and Atlanta, all Atlanta. In, in August. There you go. There you go. I like that. 
I like that rotating the swamp FedEx ass cup series. In, in the sun. Make the swamp pass. The swamp pass <laughs> swing. swing. The swamp pass <laughs> swing. There you go. All right, we're going to get into Precision Pro Flashback Friday. Will will stick with us. It is brought to you by Precision Pro Golf, the official range finder of the uh, shotgun start. You can go to precisionprogolf.com. I would order an NX9 if I were you. They've got the R1. I don't know if the R1's even in stock. They they sold those out maybe, but I would recommend the RX9 Slope. Uh, I recently gave away a couple of those at the like, kids' school outing. People were clamoring for them. They were the sort of grand prize. Everybody's fired up. They got an NX9 Slope. I used mine that day. Worked to perfection. Uh, and they've got the best customer service in the game. As you know, Eric, others, they respond promptly if you have an issue. They have free battery life replacement. Uh, we played at uh, Pine Hills last week, Andy. Yeah. And we were we had both There's our a NX9 lot of up- slopes No, I, don't, I lost my NX9 slope. No, you didn't. Yeah, I you did. did. I was using the R1. You idiot. Well, I left oh, you it. Oh, were using the hard I, one. I, the magnet got me. I knew that was going to happen. You didn't have I, to find my. I left the ma- I left <laughs> yeah. the thing on a cart. I this is the second I've ridden a cart twice this year. The first time I almost left it on the cart. The second time I did leave it on the cart. Like if it wasn't for the oh, cart, that's a shame. cart guy, the first time I would have left it on. That's the problem. The yep. magnet. I didn't understand how they worked at first. I didn't know what they were talking about. Now I've used them, and it becomes like one with the cart, and I I lost it. But the R one has a finder, a range finder, so they they solved yep. that. So my I was using my mine. NX9 I don't know if I needed it somewhere. I had the hooks, horrible, horrible hooks. Everything was just immediately dive bomb and hard left. I, I think whatever distances I shot. And I shot several, just didn't matter at all. There was 30-mile-an-hour wind, too. It was just, I was getting my ass kicked. But go to PrecisionProGolf.com. They have uh, supported a year-long worth of a um, of Flashback Fridays. They're also supporting a little thing we like to call the year in review, which is uh, bearing down on us. Fast approaches. It's going to be done we, earlier we'll this year. That. They're supporting it and so go. insisted that we do it a month earlier than we, we usually do. Yeah. So, so that's That's because you got well, halfway through it last year and decided you were tired of it. What well, are you I talking about? Come we on. Got, we got, we got through, through the through FedEx it. Cup. That's bullshit, that's Will. A, don't, kidding, don't, kidding, don't pop us. <laughs> um, no, but they'll be supporting that. So support us. Support them for supporting us at precisionprogolf.com. Uh, it's value. It's real value without, like, you know, a cheap piece of junk. It works perfectly. I might use our code to, to pay an arm a new NX9. I love that NX9. Shotgun 20. We should probably say that. Code Shotgun 20 to get 20 bucks off the NX9. All right, Precision Pro Flashback Friday. It's the transatlantic one. And while we have Will here, I'm going to do just a quick one on Mississippi, the 2003 Southern Farm Bureau Classic. This is an oh, Alan Chip nu- the, the nugget John I found. Brendan Pappas. I didn't even know that was what you were yeah, doing. Yeah, although this one has to do with another John, John Daly. It's just a fun John Daly story before we get to a Dunhill flashback. He shot 76-83 for his third missed cut in seven tournaments, which also included three WDs and a DQ uh, amid increasingly erratic behavior. But Friday... At the Southern Farm Bureau Classic, he six-putted from less than 15 feet on the 12th hole, the par 3 12th. And on the next hole, he took a triple bogey that included the one-handed swipe at the ball from the rough, which, you know, there's an even there's an entire reel of that kind of behavior from J.D. But off the course, he raised eyebrows. He stayed 75 miles away at the Pearl River Resort 
and Silver Star Casino. Have you been it's there? Like Philadelphia, Mississippi. I know it well. Thirty-six hole Fazio facility there, Andy. You would hate it. Oh, He's come probably cleaned on. up. I might like it. The Faz. So he stayed seventy-five miles away. Is it a place where there, nature, nature blends with golf? Nature is doing a lot of blending at that at that golf course. Yes. So he was seventy-five miles away, but he set up a you know his omnipresent merch trailer and a lot of Hooters in Jackson near the tournament site. He put in lawn hours pedaling. I know that Hooters too. It's still there. Hooters too. Not in operation. The building is Hooters. Yeah, Hooters are. Are there any Hooters anymore? I I feel like there's a few and far between. Have you seen? Have you guys seen all the Washington Road is still there? All the things they're repurposing Pizza Huts for. Yeah, this is like a meme like site, right? (laughs) Like what? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, So he was at the Hooters in Jackson, lawn hours peddling his wares and took frequent breaks inside the Hooters. So he cashed a check for 15 grand, straight up cashed it at the tournament. Quote from the tournament director, Robert Morgan, quote, about gave my finance guy a stroke because he daily went in and asked for cash. 15k so he immediately spent gobs of it on tips for the waitresses john moore the hooters manager said i'm not going to talk any numbers but he was very very generous with the girls he's welcome back anytime (laughs) so i mean that's a little flashback it's a little side nugget we got a bigger one on the but just thinking of the guy giving the finance guy a stroke because daily walks in and says he wants this fifteen thousand dollars in cash right now and then just going down to hooters and giving it all the away tips is uh, amusing probably one of thousands of daily stories out there um all right that can't be right i think that's the only daily story (laughs) let's go to the uh flashback friday on the 2003, we're staying in 2003, far different circumstances, another Husky boy, Lee Westwood, wins the uh, huh. Dunhill Championship. The what? He's not a Husky boy. Uh, 03? He might have. I'm going to get to some British writing on that, on his body shape in a minute here. Uh, he wins the Dunhill Lynx Championship by one stroke over Ernie Els. He beat Dude, Ernie Titans. Els by a shot. And people say that Westy would have just have, been a, uh, you know, a, a signature win. Andy would have been a basket case. Little Andy, 03. Ernie and Westy going toe to toe. I did find a lot of Ernie angst. He never won this event. He came and runner up to Paul Laurie and Westy and was like always pissed about it. Sounds always like played the Masters. Well and never won it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it is. But 03, uh, Lee Westwood wins largely. On the back of an albatross. It was the decisive shot. He closed out his third round. This is, of course, you rotate to three courses. So he closed out his third round with an albatross that he said he was basically out of the tournament. And an albatross at the ninth hole, so his 18th at Kings Barnes, really like propelled him. This is a quote from Roger Kelly in the Sunday Times. They were looking back on it in 2019. It's a four iron from 218 yards. No three. Four iron from 218. Don't know the wind what was happening there at Kings Barnes, but quote Roger Kelly, it is probably the greatest shot played in Alfred Dunhill links championship history. It was certainly the most decisive Westwood was cruising a lot on the third round at Kings Barnes and to use his words, quote, wasn't really in the tournament. He was on his final hole of the day, the 550 yard par five ninth, having started the 10th. He could have been forgiven if he had begun to wonder what was for dinner. <laughs> he had 218 yards to go and pick the four iron crisply. It bounced 
on the upturned green and rolled into the hole for an albatross two, his first. He was unexpectedly catapulted into a one-stroke lead. It was a lead he never lost, shot 67 the next day for the one-shot win over Ernie Els for one of the most important wins of his career. The shot, this is Westy, the shot was very high up there and the greatest shots I've hit in my life. It was interesting because the week before I'd hold the four iron on a par three in Germany for a hole in one, I nearly had the same yardage at Kings Barnes. So the four iron was behaving itself in those days. I'd gone through a lean spell. I hadn't played well for a couple of years. Three weeks before I won, in, I had won in Munich at the BMW, and then I backed it up with another big win close together. It was a spectacular way to win the Dunhill, and it's one of the biggest events on the European Tour. So uh, it's like the greatest shot in Dunhill Link's history, allegedly. This albatross that they call the decisive shot of the win. You said he wasn't really, just kind of cruising along. So he was outside the top 200 in the world, like had just plummeted, plummeted uh, before that summer of 03. Here's Bill Elliott in The Guardian. He's talking about his husky boy uh, nature. Till late English, <laughs> until late August, the bulky Englishman seemed at 30 to have his future mostly behind him. Here we are, 18 years later, and he's playing in the Ryder Cup. His future mostly behind him. Slumping from Euro number one so far down the rankings that the search parties had to be sent out to locate him. This downward spiral lasted three years, and all the player barricaded himself with quips and the odd bout of self-deprecation still going on. There's little doubt that inside he was hurting. Then he won in Ge- Germany, which we just mentioned, and he shot that uh, albatross that for a course record 10 under par 62 at Kings Barnes. Um, it was final hole of the day. We've, ar- we've already gone through the specifics of it. He was playing with Chubby Chandler. Ugh. That was his amateur partner. So I was I watched the video of this, and all of a sudden Chubby appears out of nowhere. I was like, "Did he run from outside the ropes to like congratulate him for the albatross?" But I was like, "It was his playing partner, Chubby Chandler's playing partner, manager in this elaborately confusing four day pro am staged at over uh, Kings Barnes, Carnoustie, and St Andrews." This was dangerous. Chandler running at him. Westwood is a big lad, but Chandler is bigger. His chest stretching out before him like a warning. When it came, it was, a, it was a clash of elephantine proportions as well as a potential weapon of mass destruction. 03, WMDs were probably a hot topic then. Westwood leaping into his pal's arms as the ground moved for both of them. <laughs> Jesus. I saw Chubby coming, and I'm just happy it was me who leapt on him and not the other way around, Westwood said. The likable, this is a, more on his resurrection. Bill Elliott again. Likeable player's resurrection began in truth in February when he went to see David Ledbetter in Florida, 03. And the great teacher began the slow process of improving him technically while encouraging a more positive attitude. Who would have thought? Ledbetter pumping up Westy. He sat me down to begin with and talked about what we're going to do together. He showed me on video what would happen. That helped hugely because I could see where we were trying to go and I agreed with it. So a little bit on Kings Barnes from this article. It was a five-year-old course. Thinking about where we were 18 years ago. 18 years ago, this five-year-old course is probably the last Great Links to be allowed to be built in Britain. Despite its youth, it is a worthy addition to the Great Links that embroider these islands. Designed by American architect Kyle Phillips, so this is a little egg, little egg divergence. The Kings Barnes faithfully follows the antediluvian contours of this coast. Coast. Visually stunning, it is clearly inspires the most jaded of players 
And although it perhaps lacks the strength to be considered yet for the open, Rhoda, it's a size problem that could be overcome easily enough. It is a fantastic looking place, said Woozy. <laughs> Definitely, it's got the potential to host an open. Still no open at Keynes Barnes. I don't think that's going to happen. It's, no, don't think it's going to happen. Um, Lee, so this is a good little bit uh, that ends it. So they talked about there's no fans, no fans anywhere at Carnoustie, no fans at King's Barnes or the old course. So few have attended thus far that the spookily quiet atmosphere suggests Alfred Dunhill's co-sponsor might well be the British Library. If so, Westwood would not notice, having once admitted to me that the last book he had started was Toodles the Taxi Driver. So apparently, Westy, not a big reader. Claim to this British columnist, he hadn't been reading, started a book since, I assume Toodles a Taxi Driver is some British children's book, sounds like. I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. A um, little bit more on this event, 03. Uh, this is from Reuters, or Reuters, as, as Andy calls it. Uh, Ernie Els, he thought they were going to match his score, but the South African... Thought he was going to match force a playoff. South African dropped three strokes over his final two holes to slip to six, 67. This is in the third round, a share of seventh place. So he, he rattled off eight birdies and then he went bogey, double bogey over the last three holes. I thought I had a good shot on the 18th, but I must have chosen the wrong club. Uh, I had to go off and cool off a little bit and get set for tomorrow. Obviously, I would have loved to have finished better, but I have gotten outside chance. So that was the difference. Westy finishes with an albatross on Saturday. Uh, Els is on fire, but finishes with bogey, double bogey. VJ played. Podrick Harrington played. Monty, of course, played. Westy, this this field was just absolutely loaded. Um, and now there's more top 50 players, as Will said, in the Sanderson than there are at the Dunhill this week. One last bit. I found some old co- quotes from Westy on the old course. So, oh, no. like, he'd won there. He'd won the Dunhill. <laughs> Ten years. So this was... Uh, I guess it would have been 1999 when he said this. At 10 years, he's go, he said the old course at St. Andrews was not in the top 200 in Fife. <laughs> wow. But this was then, I guess, uh, 2009. He goes, I do enjoy it now. When you're young and you just bash the ball and you hit a, hit a slope and it goes miles away, little things like that tend to irritate you. As you get older, you learn to appreciate the subtleties, and I've done that over the years. And it sort of always helps when you win around somewhere. So that's the bit on your 03 Dunhill Links winner, Lee Westwood. Westy. Maybe the greatest his- shot in Dunhill Links history. Let me tell you, let me uh, ask a little... you a question. Will, you can chime in yeah. here too. Um, Brenda tried to compare Westy to Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic. And in this situation, what I'm hearing is Westy hit the greatest shot in tournament history at at the Dunhill. And now a, fa- a very has, prominent European tour event. Has Fitzmagic ever thrown even the greatest pass in a stadium? No. This is just a, such a trash comparison. You call him Dan Marino, for God's sakes. I mean, that's ridiculous. Westwood? I think Phil you, I mean, River, that's more ridiculous Phil than Rivers is the right comp. Okay. All right. I guess they probably have. I, I don't know if they. I don't know. He's just short, shy similar, on kids. He doesn't have ten kids. Similar imbibe, imbibing tendencies. I don't know if they, that they, those line up, but you know, it can't be perfect match everywhere. No. Could you make a better comp for Jared Lorenzen? 
you know, kind of uh, a big guy. That's never won on his own, but he was a member of a, you know, Come on. I think he was on the Super Bowl winning Giants team as a backup. That's worse than Fitzpatrick. <laughs> that's worse than that's, Fitzmagic. Uh, that's that that so sort of accounts for Westy. No majors, but uh, but you know, been on a lot of good Ryder Cup teams. I think maybe the Jared Lorenzen of golf. Wow, that is, that that's is just cruel. disrespectful. That is cruel. He starred on some Euro teams. He was like the guy. I saw Lorenzen play in college. He was great. <laughs> he was the hefty lefty. R.I.P. Jared Lorenzen. Um, not in the top two hundred and five. So. I love I love the bit about just writing about Chubby Chandler, the elephantine collision between Chubby Chandler and, and Westy. All right, Will, any parting thoughts? Flashback Friday comments. Any you know, anything best of on luck uh, with John Sanderson? And yeah, anything you thought? Is Ole about? Miss going to win? Ole Miss is uh, probably not going to win, but it's going to be fun. Um, okay. I just want to thank you guys for having me on for a first of the month recording. Just a huge honor. It is. It's a big deal. A lot, a lot of extra pep around. First of the month. First of the month this is, you know it's going to be a good month when, when we get a first of the month recording. <laughs> that happens once a month. That's true. That's fair. All right. You can read Will at line four. You can subscribe to his newsletter. It's his podcast. Uh, his Twitter feed is what? Is it at Will Bardwell? No numbers yes. or any? The real Will Bardwell? The one just, and only built? Okay. All right. just, there's just one. I don't think there's a lot of conversation. There's, uh, okay. Stu Hagestad's going to win the mid-am. He's six up. Oh. He's, he was seven up through 11 holes in the 36-hole final. Jeez. That's... That's... That's a nice question. He's playing George, he's playing play, George Costanza's uh, grandson. The George voice. Yeah. George, you play. Mark Costanza. Costanza. Can't stand. And then Blakesley right. Brock play. won the U.S. Women's yeah. Madame. Did she win yeah. it? Yeah. What a name. Right. Blakesley Brock. BB. There we go. Isn't that a All good right. name? Thank you for those minutes. Do you like that name? Blakesley? Blakesley Brock? Does it work without. Sounds a like BB? an SEC type name. I think any alliteration in a name is, is a winner. Huh. I can't think of any alliterative names that aren't good. Hmm. What about John Johnson? I know, That's I, our I think safety. I, I think I would ride for John Johnson. LeBron's safety. Want to be safe. John, Named John Johnson. Johnny Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Everyone enjoy your weekends. Thank you, Will. Thank you for joining us. Uh, everyone enjoy your Sanderson, your Dunhill, your college football, whatever it may be. We'll be back with you on uh, Monday.